It's good to see you all again today. Also good to have you guys online this morning as well. I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of a message this morning as we gather. Uh, I, you, you don't know this. I know, I'm assuming you don't know this, that today is the anniversary of the rescue of the Shackleton Endurance Party. Do you know the story? You've probably heard of Ernest Shackleton, right? And he was the guy that took an expedition to the South Pole. 56 men set out to go to the South Pole, and they got stuck in the ice, and they lost the ship and had to make their way back. It's a famous story from history. Um, but today is the anniversary date of the rescue of those men. And you got you guys didn't know that? You guys weren't like, check- oh, yeah, one person knew that. Right. All right. I just happened to do that because I read about it. All right. So, but what happened was, just to remind you, if you don't remember the whole story, they set out in 1914 as an expedition to go to the South Pole. And the ship made it almost to where land was at the South Pole, but then it got stuck in the ice. And so if you can imagine, 56 men, sailors, were stuck on the ice flow in February of 20, uh, 2015. Uh, night, sorry, 2015. 1915, right? They're stuck in the ice. And you know what their first thing they got? So literally, they got quarantined together for a long time. And what the first thing they did was they set up camp, they played soccer, they trained the sled dogs. They thought, oh, this will go away soon, right? The ice will move and we'll be get back to our journey and things will change. Does anybody feel that way ever, like recently? Like, you know, eventually this is all going to go back to normal, right? That's what they kept thinking, right? It's all going to go back to normal. And then normal didn't happen. The shift shifted in the ice. And then a few, and, uh, a few months later, uh, they actually, it moved and then the ice crushed the ship it like destroyed it and then it sunk under the ice and so then the men these men had to make their way back to a whaling station on an island called south georgia island and they had to do that it took them 18 months to get from off the ice to that whaling station on south georgia island and in the middle of that what they had to do was they had to keep waiting they had to keep waiting in fact one of the camps that they had they would camp on the ice they would wait to see an opening in the ice they would drag long boats across the ice and then get in them and row across some water and then get to another ice flow and they set up one camp for so long they called it patience camp does your house feel like that right now is it patience camp at your house right And so they're doing all these things to get there. Finally, they get to open water. They take three long boats. They get to an island called Elephant Island, where then they leave the crew to live on the shore of Elephant Island under two long boats. They made camp. They used the long boats as shelter. So imagine this. Like, and this is, this is 14 months later from the shipwreck. Now they're on the island. They're, they're alone, quarantined, and then they're their captain and two other men get in another boat and they leave them on the shore of Elephant Island for four months. Quarantine. Nowhere. They lived on seals. They had to deal with below freezing temperatures, wind, snow. Imagine that kind of quarantine. You know, I'm thankful for internet right now. I'm thankful for food. I'm thankful for a lot of things that God is providing for us. Then Shackleton and two others made their way to South Georgia Island. They landed on the wrong side of the island from the whaling station. So now they had to journey all the way across South Georgia Island through snow, over glaciers, down ice cliffs. They had to descend a thousand foot ice cliff with 50 feet of rope. That means 50 feet at a time. 
going down the ice cliff, making, get, making sure all three of them got down the ice cliff. It took them hours and hours and hours to do that. But they could see the whaling station from there. But it took them 36 hours to get to the whaling station from that ice climb. Think about that. So they endured, and it's interesting that it's called, the name of the ship, I believe, was Endurance, right? This is a story of endurance. This is a story of quarantine. It's interesting because at Shackleton, at the end of his book, says something. And he's actually thinking it to himself, but he doesn't say it to one of the other men in the, in the party. There's three of them. They make it to the whaling station, and the other gentleman that's with him says, finally says, hey, boss, um, I felt like we weren't alone out there. And Shackleton said this. He says, I know, this is a quote from Shackleton. He says, I know that during the long and racking march over unnamed mountains and glaciers of South Georgia, it seemed to me often that we were four, not three. We were four, not three. What he was saying was someone else was with us in this journey. Someone else was walking with us in this journey. Which reminded me of a story. Maybe you know it. There's a story in the book of Daniel where they're, they're three together, three friends. They're called Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. And they're in the book of Daniel, and, that, and they won't worship the idol that the king has set up, and they won't worship the king and the, and the false gods that are talked about there. And so it says in chapter 3, starting in verse 3, it says, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And then... King Nebuchadnezzar throws, has them ordered his soldiers to take the three of them and throw them, heat the furnace a lot hotter, many times hotter, and then they were thrown into the furnace. And then King Nebuchadnezzar looks in to the furnace. And it says this, when, when, the, when the King Nebuchadnezzar looked in, he says, he goes, he says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, Certainly, your majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And we know that that's probably Jesus that again, these three were going through this harrowing journey into a furnace, not quite the South Pole, probably the opposite in temperature, but goes into this furnace and there's a fourth person there, just like Shackleton reported and his men reported. And isn't that good to know 
that when we feel alone, when we feel we're under difficult circumstances, and we feel like we can't endure any longer, that someone else is with us. Even when we're quarantined or by ourselves, there is a presence with us. Whether we see it, know it, or not, there's always God's presence with us. That's good news for us and for our world. But the other thing... I wanted us to not only be encouraged by that, but I, I, want, I wanted us also to know that we as the church are the presence of Christ to the world. We're the fourth person. There's a whole world around us where people are enduring just like you and I. It's not necessary, but part of our role as the body of Christ in the world is to be the fourth person to be the presence of Christ for other people who are going through hardship, who are going through difficult circumstances, who are having a hard time. It's our role as the church, as the body of Christ, to be Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so that's why we've gathered today, because we want to serve the community. And part of that is really, that's a way that we can be present to others and encourage others. When we first got into quarantine back in March, you know, I thought, I remember thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great to all get back together at Easter and celebrate on Easter Sunday? Does anybody remember that feeling, right? And then that went by, and then more came out, and things got extended. And then I, we started thinking uh, in, our, in our staff and leadership, we started thinking, hey, instead of us all coming back to worship, let's all come back to serve. Let, let's, the, let's let the first thing we do together be service. Because our mission statement is what? To love people, connect them to Jesus, and serve the world. Let's get on mission. Let's stay on mission. Isn't that what Shackleton did? That his mission was to get his men back to the whaling station. He stayed on mission. 53 of the 56 original sailors made it back home safely. He stayed on mission. He didn't give up his mission to get them home safely. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, when they were... We're told to, to get off mission, to stop worshiping the God of Israel. They didn't get off mission. They stayed on mission, even to the point of death in a furnace. And God was with them. But again, it's about us as a church, too, not only gathering here to be together and see each other, but I think it's also important for us to stay on mission in our communities, in our neighborhoods, wherever we go. So you actually have, you all of us today have an opportunity to do that. And we're going to have an opportunity to that. So if you're online at home or you're not going to stay with us and need to go home and, and, and quarantine, continue quarantining, uh, we're, that's great. We're just going to encourage you to find ways in your neighborhood, in your home, to love people, to connect them to Jesus and serve the world. I know someone, I talked to Arnie this morning. Arnie didn't know that he, he talked to me this morning. There was a, a homeless gentleman that accepted Christ last year in our church. Arnie's act of service today is to go down into Seattle Center and find that gentleman and make sure he's okay. Does that make, like, he wants to make sure that Nathan, his name's Nathan, is connected to Christ. Whether he finds Nathan, let's, so pray that he finds Nathan, or pray that Nathan will be discovered here in, in shortly, because Nathan came to our church last summer and accepted Christ, and we want to follow up with him even in quarantine, and I love that Arnie's going to do that. Uh, my, you like my Seattle Seahawks mask today, right? 
Someone made that, sent it to me. I know some uh, people like Joe Lewis is staying home and making masks for people. That's her act of service. I know many of you have sent cards to social workers. We're also collecting those over there at the table. And also uh, you can send additional cards and gift cards to foster care teens. We're collecting that. Camille's helping us with that, but there's a basket over there for that. So if you're individually want something to do, those are some ideas. Or create your own service project today. Go do something in your neighborhood to help somebody else. Be the fourth person. Be the presence of Christ to somebody. If you're with us today and you plan to go somewhere, we have three options for you today. Um, And we'll go over this at the end of the service at the benediction as well. But we're going to have a group going to Penny's Place uh, in Shoreline to help do landscaping around Penny's Place, which is a women's and family shelter there up in Shoreline. Uh, We're going to be going to McClure Middle School, and McClure Middle School is right here in Queen Anne, and then we're going to be helping there. And then also we're going to Golden Gardens today to just do cleanup on the beach and in the park to do park cleanup. So these are different opportunities for you to serve. Also, there are boxes of homeless kits that we did at Christmas, but there's a box here at the table to over to your left, and there's a box over here by the signs as well. You could take one of those bags with you if you see some folks that are homeless. Feel free to give those out, or you can take it home and use it as an example, and you could make your own kits at home as well. So just that's another option for you for families that want to do something. So I just wanted to let you think about that. We're going to get you organized here at the end here in a little bit about how to go about that. We have leaders, and we'll designate those leaders and go through that. But you may be wondering, like, well, okay, I'm going to go out and serve today. And what if somebody asked me what we're doing out here? <laughs> what do you say? You know, we had this, we run into this situation all the time. We'll be out serving the community on a mission trip, on a team, and I actually remember one time there was a group of people that were serving in an impoverished neighborhood, not neighborhood, but impoverished part of West Virginia. And they were serving and they were rebuilding homes and restoring homes and roofs and helping people in poverty. And there was a gentleman in the community that came up to the team and said, what are you guys, what are you doing here? Like, you're wasting your time. Like, why, we, why, do, you, why do you do this? Like, these, these, people, these people don't care. You know, and why your all your work's going to be fruitless. It's going to be a waste of time because all these things are just they're just going to fall apart anyway. And one of the group members was talking to the gentleman and said, "We're not just here to build houses. We're here to give people hope. We're here to encourage people. We're here to let people know that God hasn't forgotten about them. And so it's not just about putting a roof on somebody's house. It's about letting that person know that God cares about them and loves them. And that's why we're here. We're being present with them. We're being the fourth person in the furnace. We're being the fourth person on the long journey of endurance. So if somebody asks you today what you're doing, say, we're just here offering hope. We're letting people know that God cares for them. And we just want you to know that God cares about you and what you're going through. Let us know how we can help. Let's pray together.